Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. As riots rage and violent crimes continue to rise across our great nation, uh, the mayors of at least six cities, Portland and five others, have appealed to Congress to make it illegal for federal government agents uh, to be deployed in their cities, um, saying we don't want them. That's uh, according to the Associated Press this morning. To the mayors of Portland, Seattle, Chicago, Kansas City, Albuquerque, and the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., which is like a federal city, um, populated or, you know, dotted on almost every corner by a federally owned building. Um, they uh, they wrote to members of Congress, the administration's egregious use of federal force on cities over the objections of local authorities should never happen. Um, in, uh, in Oregon, the Oregonian is reporting that people were chanting, feds go home. Now, what exactly does that mean? Um, these are U.S. federal agents in U.S. cities protecting U.S. federal property. Um, what, what does it mean when people are facing down those U.S. federal agents and saying feds go home? What, what does that mean? Um, and how would those very same chants be covered by that very same local newspaper, the Oregonian, if the people who were saying those words were speaking them to individuals who were in the country illegally. Just just pause for just a moment and think about the words being said and think about the spirit in which they're being spoken, to whom they're being spoken, and the content of them. Now, I want you to hold that in your mind because today I expect that to be one of the primary topics covered when our nation's attorney general, Bill Barr, appears and offers testimony before the Judiciary Committee of the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, Notably, that committee is currently dominated by members affiliated with the opposing political party. Why say all that? Because today is going to be a day of political theater and... um, I think that in this election year and in the particularly um, hot times in which we live in terms of what's happening on American streets, the political theater that is going to take place in Washington, D.C. and probably be covered wall to wall on most media outlets, uh, Bill Barr's testimony before the U.S. House of Representatives Judiciary Committee, I just think you have to be prepared for that. So um, Barr's prepared comments have already been released to members of the press. Those comments reveal he intends to, you know, come out swinging against elected officials who have abdicated American cities to lawless, violent rioters. You may agree with him or disagree with him, but what he says is going to be significant as he is our nation's most senior law enforcement officer. So uh, 
it's just important to recognize that everyone he's sitting in front of is is in an election process. That's just it's imperative that you remember that as you watch that political theater or hear it reported on today. Um, up first this morning, I have got Dr. Mark Caleb Smith. He teaches courses in American politics, constitutional law, um, and all kinds of other great stuff. He's he's authored a numerous uh, journal articles and book chapters and and other publications. He's interested in things at the intersection of religion and American politics, and he's coming up next. Uh, he and I are going to talk about what, what I'm describing as purity tests. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Joining me again today, Dr. Mark Caleb Smith from Cedarville University. He teaches, uh, well, all kinds of great stuff. Um, I would say that uh, history and government, the intersection of faith and thought and history and government here in the United States of America in particular, um, his areas of expertise. Hey, welcome back. Hey, it's good to be with you again. I've been uh, gone for a few weeks with vacation, so I hope everything's going well for you. We have uh, we have not su- shut down the show in your absence. We have... We have- <laughs> joyfully awaited your return do you have on a bow tie this morning this is critical information people need to know i, I do not no today oh, nice. i'm still yeah. eking out my casual days of summer but those will change here <laughs> the next week or so okay it's good to know it's good to know if people follow uh if you guys follow him on twitter uh, mark caleb smith is often uh wearing a bow tie in fact every time in public in, in any appearance i think he's ever made so there you go um okay um josh Hawley, who I like a lot. Um, I made some interesting comments um, about uh, about whether or not he would vote for Supreme Court nominees based on what I'm going to describe as a purity test. Tell us what's going on here, um, and then and then I just you know kind of want your sense of whether or not a purity test like this is a good idea for us going forward for the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah, Senator Hawley. As uh, a law school graduate, you know, he was a former clerk for Chief Justice Roberts on the Supreme Court. And so this is someone who has a significant background. Uh, oh. And as you said, he's come forward to say that he's only going to vote to confirm Supreme Court nominees if they have publicly gone on the record uh, that Roe versus Wade was wrongly decided. You know, he, does, he said he doesn't want personal assurances. He doesn't want private conversations. He wants people who are willing to make a public statement before they're even nominated uh, that Roe is essentially bad law of some kind. Um, and this is, a, this is a different line than we've heard, I believe, from any other Republican senator, uh, if I'm not mistaken, since Roe versus Wade was decided. Uh, the GOP has really built itself to some extent around overturning Roe, just as the Democrats have built themselves around maintaining Roe. And they've really tried hard to main, to get Supreme Court nominees uh, who will live up to that goal. And I think it's safe to say that the Republicans have floundered in that effort. Um, <clears throat> they've seen people like Sandra Day O'Connor or Anthony Kennedy or David Souter, who are all assumed to be solid conservatives, critical of Roe, go on to become strong supporters of a woman's right to choose. And I think Hawley is reflecting a frustration on that, you know, he's essentially saying uh, this isn't good enough. We need to have public assurances so then we can assume 
that once these cases come before the court, uh, then these people will actually vote to overturn Roe. And so it's a it's a different tack. You know, I'm not sure it's the best approach to to nominations, but I really understand where his uh, frustration comes from. Let's just imagine for a moment that we were just, you know, swing that door on the hinge in the other direction. Right. What would what would be the public uh, assurance? Would it be on this issue? Would it be on a different issue? Um, if if you were to imagine a uh, a sitting uh, senator who is a Democrat making right. the same kind of uh, of request for public assurance on on what topic and what would they be looking for? Yeah, I think it would be the exact same topic. Um, we've heard Democratic senators in the past go out of their way to try to get nominees to assure them that Roe versus Wade will be upheld. Uh, I remember back when our current presidential nominee, or uh, soon-to-be nominee, uh, Joe Biden, was in the Senate. He referred to Roe versus Wade as a super precedent, and he thought that nominees coming on the high court should see it as a so-called super precedent. It's kind of almost beyond the reach of the Supreme Court. And so, you know, when we think of a litmus test or a purity test, as you said, uh, I think both parties are heading in that direction. I think it's fair to say the Democrats have been stronger by viewing Roe as a litmus test as compared to Republicans. Um, and Hawley, I think, actually re it really reflects the opposite side of that more faithfully than what we've seen amongst Republicans. And so um, in that sense, he's not doing anything different than what we've seen the other party do. I guess the open question is whether we think this is good for our Supreme Court and for our politics moving forward. I mean, it's unavoidable at some level because this is just simply where we are on the issue of abortion. Uh, but I'm not sure that means you'll get better nominees. I'm not sure that means you'll have better law necessarily. Uh, but I really, I understand why he wants some assurances. But, and he says to his credit, you know, he says, I'm not looking for a forecast or a future vote. I'm not looking for them to, to weigh in on a current case or controversy. I just want simply people who are willing to say publicly, There are people right, out there we, who are willing to do that. It's just going to be a relatively small list. Uh, Mark, your your mic dropped out there for just a second. So I'm going to let Paul uh, Perot reconnect um, with you. We're going to go to a very brief break. When we come back, I'm going to continue my conversation with Dr. Mark Caleb Smith. We'll be right back. Continue my conversation with Dr. Mark Caleb Smith. Um, I want to I want to stay on the um, on the tub topic of um, what I will describe as a purity test. This was a little bit of purity test of a different kind. So when we talk about Supreme Court justices, they can't really be fired, right? They're lifetime appointments. Um, other people can be fired for almost any cause or reason. Tenured professors um, are uh, are in some ways shielded against politically motivated firings. But I, I want to talk about um, this sort of rising tide uh, in the population who who believe on both sides of the political aisle that like CEOs or their bosses should be fired if they donate to or vote for the, uh, you know, the person on the opposite side of the political aisle. This is this is this diverges on insanity to me. So I need you to explain it to me. Yeah, it's kind of an incredible trend that we're looking at in some ways with a, a rise in intolerance that goes well beyond politics and even into uh, the personal sphere, even including our, our jobs. Uh, you know, a recent poll that came out from a Cato Institute and YouGov 
um, says that a pretty significant chunk of Americans are okay with people being fired, even if they vote, if they simply donate to a campaign uh, that the people don't prefer. So um, it's a strong amount of intolerance that we're looking at in our culture uh, that's really quite different than I think than anything we've seen in recent years. You know, comments have been uh, that we're really kind of looking at the United States as a campus right now. It sort of feels like a campus that's <clears throat> politically correct and in some ways out of control. And, you know, as a conservative, it's always tempting for me to say, well, you know, this is really a progressive issue because they're trying to hold the party line and maintain some sense of progressive orthodoxy. Uh, but the numbers actually indicate that there are a lot of conservatives who are willing to do this as well. <clears throat> 36% of strong conservatives in this poll were okay with business people being removed because they donated to Joe Biden's campaign, for example. Um, and that's a remarkable number to me. And granted, it's not a majority, but it's a remarkable number. Uh, numbers also shift a little bit based on age. Younger people are more likely to engage in this kind of thinking uh, than older people were. And so you know, what does that mean for our future? You know, does that mean we're going to have to really button our lips and think carefully before we say anything political in any employment setting? Uh, what does that mean for your job, for your job satisfaction? I, mean, I think it's a worrying trend, to say the least. Well, and not even what you say in the context of your work, but I'm thinking about this coach in Michigan who, you know, posted on uh, some social media outlet, you know, the the simply true statement, Donald Trump is our president and has been fired. And I I guess I look at that and I say, you know, this we've reached we've reached a point where even simple statements of general truth um, are regarded as political speech and um, then turned and regarded by some as cause for, uh, you know, having someone fired. I, I just I just viewed as so limiting on the kind of conversations that we that we can have without fear of losing our jobs. Now, Carmen, that's a great point. And there are a few different directions we could go. But um, I heard one person say recently that we're all Marxists now. And what that means is, you know, in Marxism, there's sort of this view of, of, of life that it's all political, that everything gets subsumed in the political struggle between classes. So everything that you wear, everything that you eat, these are all political decisions. And in some ways, we're all manifesting that mentality, whether we're on the right or on the left, we just sort of view life through a political prism. Um, and, you know, I, in some ways, it's just got to be very unhealthy. You know, it takes perspective away. It takes leisure away to some extent. It takes joy away from other kinds of interactions. And as you said, it really removes the space for hard conversations. Um, we used to have common areas in our culture where people of different points of view would come together and have to work together, have to get to know each other, have to respect each other and get along. Um, and the vanishing of those common areas makes it even harder to have good conversations when we find them. And so if jobs and employment becomes another one of these spheres of our lives that are just politically isolated, then how do we communicate communicate across the aisle? You know, how do we reach across that aisle and, and have real conversations, real relationships, and hopefully some kind of common ground to move forward? It's hard to see how it works uh, if, if most of our lives end up being treated this way. So let me just remind our listeners, um, check out braverangels.org if you do want to engage in conversation across the aisle um, and learn to do so more effectively, braverangels.org. Um, 
And uh, and just to report in, I'm you know wearing plain blue Levi's and a plain white T-shirt and plain brown <laughs> slip-on Skechers. So, and a ponytail. I don't know if that's political speech or not, but there you have it. Um, okay, um, Washington D.C. has issued the well, the mayor of Washington D.C. right has issued a travel ban. Basically, from 27 states. So, I mean, the mayor is not saying you can't come to D.C. from these 27 states. Uh, What the mayor is saying is if you come to Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, from any of these 27 states, you are required to self-quarantine for a full 14 days in the nation's capital before, you know, roaming around. Can you – again, this seems um, a little – a little crazy to me. I don't know how Washington, D.C. would function if people from these 27 states, including, let's say, members of Congress and congressional staffers and everybody else, um, aren't allowed to uh, to actually work there. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know how this is going to would, would work it really in any kind of long term situation. Uh, if Congress is in session, even when Congress is in session, members of Congress go back and forth from their districts and their states on a regular basis. That's where they're going to campaign. It's where they're going to do a lot of their business. That's where uh, they're going to see their families. DC. Yeah, it's where they see their families. And so it's hard to imagine how this would make sense if you represent one of these high-risk states. Uh, I think it's safe to say that if this continues, Congress will probably step in and limit what the mayor has done. I mean, Article One of the Constitution gives Congress – pretty exclusive jurisdiction over the District of Columbia. So they want to step in and amend this order or or quash this order altogether. They certainly have the power to do that. Now, I think they'd like to avoid that kind of conflict if they can, uh, because politically it might be tough to sustain, but they certainly have it within their power to make it happen. I, uh, if, if I were a person who wanted to argue against Washington, D.C.'s desire to become a state, um, I'd yeah. lift this up. I'd be like, here's a good reason not to do that. Um, so anyway, there you go. Not not that I'm even in that conversation, but um, might be one that is worth having. All right. Anything else? We have two minutes. Anything else you want to talk about today? Uh, not really. I mean, the thing that I've been kind of ruminating on recently is a verse from Matthew 10, 16, uh, where we're called to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And in some ways, I kind of take that as a theme verse when it comes to how we get involved in politics. You know, you stay shrewd uh, like a snake, so to speak, but you also have to stay innocent like a dove at the same time. And when you think of any of these issues that we've talked about today, they all invoke this kind of theme. You know, how do we maintain our innocence on the one hand, but then how do we stay effective and engaged uh, on the other? And this is kind of the constant struggle that we talk about. Isn't that right, Carmen? Absolutely. This is it's. uh, you know, the spirit is awesome. We we both know that. This is actually the verse that was discussed uh, here at my home yesterday with a 16-year-old who is struggling to navigate at one particular relationship in her life. And um, this this conversation about wisdom and innocence was the conversation that we had. It's the right conversation to have. I mean, our culture demands it. And uh, if we're really going to be salt and light, this is the kind of attitude I think that we have to take as believers Uh, into the public square, because certainly right now that's needed more than ever. All right. Well, so Mark Caleb Smith and I are going to lift up before you today, Matthew 10, 16. Um, Let's ruminate there on the word of God as we seek to bring it to bear in the world that he so loves. Uh, Mark, thank you, as always, for joining us. Thank you. It's my pleasure, Carmen. Take care. We'll talk soon. All right. We got to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. 
It is summer, and therefore it is fair season, state fair season in particular. The state fair means what? It means fair food. It means all kinds of crazy food. Is your mouth watering? Specifically for what? What is your favorite fair food? Are you an elephant ear person? I remember my first elephant ear at the Strawberry Festival in Hillsborough County when I was a kid. And I, I really, like, I can still see myself in that environment and having that delicious, uh, I don't know, sweet fried concoction. In this COVID-19 summer, fairs are canceled coast to coast. So where are we going to get our fair food fix? That is really the question. Uh, Pronto Pups' Greg Carnes is up next to tell us how. All right, you got a couple of days left to enter in what we're calling the Faith Radio Summer Reading Bundle Giveaway. We're giving away two bundles every week this month. And so you got a few days left, actually, I think up through like August 2nd, um, to to jump in on this. The Faith Radio Summer Reading Bundle features an assortment of books um, off of our shelves here at Faith Radio from authors like Will Graham, Carter Conlon, Robert Walgamuth, Joni Erickson Tata, well, lots more. Every bundle includes the Daily Hope Prayer Journal from Pastor Rick Warren. So we're giving away two bundles every week this month. Sign up uh, for a chance to win at MyFaithRadio.com. Next up, it is Taste and See Tuesday. So we're going to taste and see that the Lord is good with Pronto Pops, Greg Carnes. We'll be right back. What if my kid's behavior is driving me nuts? That was a question posed to me some time ago by a frantic parent. Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. This particular mom was dealing with a teen who was extremely selfish, didn't respect authority, expressed anger, had attention deficit disorder, and constantly blamed others for his behavior. Well, I would tell any parent with a struggling teen the same thing I told this particular mom. Resist the tendency to lump everything together into one huge and overwhelming mess. It compounds his belief that things will never get better. Stand firm in your rules and consequences. Keep your cool and know that you will get to the other side of this. There is hope. Mark is hosting a virtual Families in Crisis retreat on Zoom beginning Thursday night, July 30th. To register, go to FamilyCrisisRetreat.com. their full-time job, the opportunity to help others taste and see that the Lord is good. Joining me now, Greg Carnes, owner of Pronto Pups. Greg, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning, Carmen. How are you doing today? Well, I um, my mouth is watering like everyone else who right now is missing their fair food. Yeah, you know what? Um, uh, I'll tell you, a lot of people are feeling the exact same way, and um, and. Thankfully, I give I give the state fair so much credit for trying to give people you know something that they they, they literally you know uh, uh, strive for every year. Uh, just give them at least a little bit of a taste of the state fair uh, by doing this this uh, food parade. 
All right. So we are talking specifically about the Minnesota State Fair. Um, Greg, one of the things that uh, might be a, a little unique about the morning show is that we have listeners from across the country and around the world. And so, first of all, we're going to ha- you and I are going to take a step back. We're going to tell people what a Pronto Pup is for those who do not know. Um, and then we're going to talk about the Minnesota State Fair food parade plans, um, because this is actually just really, really fun and great way, uh, great way to bring fair food to the people and give um, those vendors uh, who who really make their livelihood at state fairs during the summer, um, give them an opportunity to, um, you know, to to run their businesses. So let's back up. What is a Pronto Pup? Pup is you know we promote ourselves as uh, the original. We hate to we hate to use the term, but we we pr- promote ourselves as the original America's original corn dog. And, All right, and uh, you you don't like that term because it's not just a corn dog. Right, it's it's got a unique. It definitely has a unique characteristic and a unique flavor in a, in, a, in and of itself, and um, and the people who just really really enjoy it, but. Uh, we go back to 1942 uh, when when my father and his partners um, uh, patented the flour mix, uh, got, trademarked the the logo and everything and the name. And so, um, you know, a lot of people like to say that they're, you know, they were the original corn dog, but the problem is they can't back it up. You know, they uh, we've got the actual certification and verification through the U.S. Patent and Trademark Copyright Office uh, when we actually started. So, um, we, you know, we, we still hold true to the fact that we, we are the original hot dog dipped in batter on a stick. Now, let me, ask, let me ask this question. Does the batter matter more or does the dog inside the batter matter more? Well, that's interesting. That, that, that's a great, very good question. I'm a really astute corn dog aficionado, not really, but I I do like a dog a dog on a stick, even if it is a sausage in a pancake batter. Like I'm, I my taste ranges widely on this subject. Yeah, well, you know, um, uh, the interesting thing is is that a lot of people don't know it, but we uh, have our own hot dogs made for us to our own recipe. And you know we don't we don't, we aren't part of a store bought um, uh, product or anything like that. Uh, and they actually uh, they make our hot dogs. By the time someone you know eats one, um, they're normally no more than twenty four to forty eight hours old. And uh, because we get them, you know, they get made on a daily basis. They get shipped to us out of La Crosse, Wisconsin. And then um, uh, they're dipped in batter and uh, you know sold to the public. So okay, batter- see now, 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 now that I know that there's a secret recipe for the dog and a secret recipe for the batter, um, now you have me wondering: Do you have one of those vaults like the Bush's Beans people, you know, to safeguard this, or like Coke, you know, their their recipes in a vault? You got this? It's it's sealed away, right? It's not. I can't just yeah, Google so- it. <laughs> they um. Yeah, you know, we we don't have it in a vault, but but it's uh, like our, our our hot dog manufacturer. Uh, they you know it's in writing that they don't use our hot dog recipe for anyone other than us. And then of course our our flour mix, uh, uh, basically the same thing as you know it's patented. 
So, okay. Uh, so let me ask this question: um, If I were to be able to track down uh, a pronto pup, would I eat it with no condiments on it, or would I slather it with condiments? Well, you know the original franchise agreements going back into the forties and up through actually, um, oh, probably maybe even to the eighties. Uh, the original franchise agreement, because 33 of the 50 states in the country are franchised, um, called for just mustard, mustard or plain. Well, so that's and my kind of that's my kind of rule right there. That's good. And then, and then uh, I think a lot of it had to do with my dad. You know, you know, Chicagoans. Uh, you know, you, you got to have that uh, mustard on your hot dog, and they don't even serve ketchup. But. Um, uh, so what happened was then in about the 80s, uh, so many other vendors uh, were getting a little bit upset with us because they would they wanted ketchup on their Prano Pup, and um, they would go to their stand and use their ketchup after buying our product. So we were sort of more, more or less forced <laughs> into serving ketchup with them as time went on. Okay, so um, people now really want one, and uh, you and I are going to take a very, very brief break. When we come back, we're going to talk about where we can actually get our fair food fix. Uh, We're going to talk about the Minnesota State Fair announcing a drive-through food parade. Um, We're also going to talk about anything else you know about the way food vendors like yourself are making it during the COVID-19 fair shutdown. So all of that up next with Greg Carnes. It is Taste and See Tuesday, and we're talking all things Pronto Pups. We'll be right back. Our state fair is a great state fair. Don't miss it, don't even delay. It's dollars to donuts that are state. All right, coast to coast, state fairs are not happening this summer because of uh, COVID-19. Food vendors like Greg Carnes, owner of Pronto Pups, um, are, you know, looking for creative ways to share what they do and have those of us who love fair food um, support them as well. So, Greg, first of all, again, thank you for joining us today on Mornings with Carmen. This is fun. We like to do some things on Tuesdays. They're a little bit different than the headline news we often cover here in terms of politics and religion. So um, tell us uh, how the Minnesota State Fair is helping vendors um, find ways to share their goods with the public. Well, you know, they're, like I said, they're going to have a, uh, uh, it's called a food parade and um, uh, the nice thing about it is that, you know, it, it's, um, it's going to be the th- third and fourth weekend of August and then the first weekend of September, which would encompass Labor Day weekend. And uh, it's, they, it was a tough call to make on their behalf, but they brought in, I think, the top-selling, uh, uh, you know, fair favorites that most people go there for. And so I think there's going to be 16 or 18 food vendors, um, of which are mostly what I call the fan favorites. And um, uh, you stay in your car. All of, all of us vendors have to offer curbside service. So um, uh, they can just continue on parading through, and they're going to have uh, entertainment. They're going to have music playing. They're going to have uh, you know the mascot out there. Uh, um, uh, all, all kinds of things to 
make your you know your your experience driving through the parade route enjoyable. Now, is this going to happen on the state fair fairgrounds? Yeah, right on the fairgrounds. Correct. Okay, so that's cool. So, so there you go. This is going to be really fun. Um, I googled it. You can find it on any media outlet whatsoever, anywhere in and around the Twin Cities, across the state of Minnesota, and probably bleeding over into neighboring states because people are going to come for this because they they need their fair fix and they get to go to the fairgrounds to do this and they need their fair food fix. Um, what are some other creative things that vendors like yourself are doing um, to almost create? a market in this time of no state fairs? Well, the best thing about it is that um, uh, we don't hardly have to be creative at all. Uh, thanks to our, our, our you know, loyal customers and, and generations of, of, of families buying Prado Pups uh, since the 40s, um, we get calls left and right from companies, from uh, people having graduation parties, people... Uh, you know, doing um, uh, uh, you know corporate events, and so we just do our best to try to make sure that our uh, situation fits with theirs. And so you could say that we're doing mostly a lot of a lot of private events, but but I'll tell you the phone. You know, every, it's like everybody wants to be the company that's offering the Prado pups to the people that they can't get during the fair. I love that. I love that. All right, so it's a creative. Uh, creative idea for those of you who, um, you know, are having a having a private event or or um, I, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say when I'm in town, uh, Faith Radio should have the Pronto Pup guys in the parking lot. I mean, I don't know what we're planning, but when I come, I feel like we should do that. That would be fun. We'll have a taste and see uh, conversation with Carmen in the parking lot, and yeah. uh, and and the Pronto Pup can be there. Like that'd be fun. You know, um, uh, Carmen, you know John Ingen, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's a, a huge, huge Prano Pup fan. And, um, uh, you know, I said, John, I said, if I, well, for his, I think it was his 50th birthday party, um, <laughs> I, I personally delivered a half a dozen Prano Pups <laughs> that I made myself to him at his house for his party. We so, call that a Pronto Pup bouquet. Yes, it was a bouquet. It's nice. It's nice. He okay. Loves it with mustard. So, so Greg, talk with us. Um, that we'll let's make a transition here and um, and just recognize that fairs are a ministry opportunity. The environment in which you work every day is a ministry opportunity. Talk with just talk with our listeners just about the intersection for you of of food and faith and and what you do in this business. Well, you know, um, it, it, we you know we wear our belief in God right on our sleeve. Um, uh, you know, we love Jesus. Uh, we, we've advertised with, uh, um, KTIS in the past. Uh, and, but we know that this is, it's all just possible only for one reason, because the Lord allows us to do this. And, and so, um, uh, but we, uh, we have no problem, no problem sharing our faith and the nice thing about it is about having you know the Lord on our side is that uh, there's really no reason to ever worry about anything. Mm. You know, Amen. yeah. They, we like, for example, with this. When I found out the news that the state fair was canceling, um, it I, I was I told my wife I said we were actually driving in the car on the way to Colorado when we got word, 
And I said, you know, honey, I said, I've really got peace with this. I said, I, I, I just, I know, I'm not going to worry about it because I know God will provide. You know? Amen. Yeah, and so uh, it's, like I say, if it weren't for, you know, our dear Lord being in our lives, there'd be a lot, you know, we, we aren't in this for the money. You know, we're in it just to serve the public and to, you know, be faithful stewards, you know, and, and, and share our, our, our uh, you know, success with a lot of people. I just love it. Well, Greg Carnes, thank you so much for joining us today on Mornings with Carmen. Um, I I can hardly wait. I can hardly wait. I mean, you know, it's... We might have to do that Prado Pup thing. (laughs) Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. I just saw my list. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Hey, if you're in the area, go get a Pronto Pup um, or have them come bring a Pronto Pup to you or other, your other fair food favorite, right? Um, All right. We'll be right back here on Mornings with Carmen. Okay, we have one listener who says that uh, working at the state fair is on her bucket list. Find out if I could work at his booth next summer. Um, You know, I don't hesitate to reach out to vendors of all kinds and offer to serve alongside them or with them or just serve them. Um, I know I feel confident that you could fulfill your dream of working in a food truck simply by inviting one onto your street and... um, there you go, because they need places where they can uh, sell their sell their wares, sell, sell their goods. So you could have your own food parade, I suppose, in your own neighborhood, a food truck of some kind. Uh, food trucks are fun. I, I think it's great. Okay, so Taste and See Tuesday. How today are you going to help others taste and see that the Lord is good? How will Christ be made known to others through the breaking of bread, either with you or because you um, take some delightful treat, maybe like a bouquet of of Pronto Pups, but maybe it's a a fruit from your orchard. Maybe it is vegetables from your garden in a basket on someone's doorstep that just reminds them that you're thinking of them, that you're sharing the bounty and the goodness of the Lord our God. Um, Maybe it is honey that your bees have produced. Maybe it's eggs that your chickens have laid. Maybe it's, you know, you get the idea here, right? And so you're saying to yourself, I don't have a garden, I don't have an orchard, I don't have bees, uh, I don't have chickens, I don't live with Carmen. Um, and so uh, what am I going to do? Well, we had a conversation once about, you know, just like making cupcakes and putting a little note with the cupcakes on somebody's porch. Um, I think that was called Sweet Mondays. And so just a, just there's all kinds of ways that – how about fresh-baked bread? How about those of you that have been, you know, very diligently making – you. That, what's that crazy thing that you put in your fridge and it like makes every every day you got to bake bread because it like keeps what's it called friendship bread yeah right. friendship Fri- bread. friendship thank you Paul um so maybe there's those of you out there and you're like you know you're friendship bread people like okay so it's taste and see Tuesday today the challenge is to help someone else taste and see that the Lord is good do something today that helps someone else tangibly taste and see that the Lord is good. Break bread together. You don't even have to be sitting in the presence of another person to break bread together. I do this little thing on Facebook where, um, right, 
I'd invite people into my kitchen and we cook something together. And no, I mean, are they cooking it? No, they're just watching me cook it. But who cares? Are they eating it? No, my family's eating it. But who cares? It's an opportunity to enjoy the company of one another and and break bread together in a way that is you know socially distant. So let me just encourage you, find a creative way today to help someone else taste and see that the Lord is good. I mean, you know, I, you could send... You can certainly send people, you know, one of those like gift cards or something and access to some sort of uh, food delivery service or, uh, you know, a local restaurant in your area. It's a great way to support um, those folks who are having a hard time right now. It's also just a great way to just remind people that the Lord is good. Um, he, he provides. He's all sufficient. He cares for us. Um, that the bounty of this earth is one of the great graces of the Lord our God and that we as Christ's people are called to help others see him and experience him. And yes, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hey, up next hour, um, we could just call it like book giveaway hour, although that's not the name of it. Um, But I've got Justin Gibney in the first half. He and I are going to reflect on um, recent, uh, the recent loss of a couple civil rights leaders, but we're also giving away copies of his book, uh, Compassion, and conviction. And then I have got uh, Tony Morita, and we're going to talk about his book, Christ-Centered Conflict Resolution. All that up in the next hour right here on Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.